0: (laughs) and welcome 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 to the man in the black suits podcast uh sorry for the little delay we were having a little bit of technical issues with internet connections. Always a
1: big Yes. Help. It, a big... it helps to have connectivity you when should... you're trying to do a podcast. It, it really does. And it's so exciting that it happened to tank about 20 minutes before we went live. So that was always an, always an adventure in the <laughs> land of podcasting.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And, of course, with the weather we've had lately, it's not helped. Connections. A lot of That,
1: that so. is true. Huh. That is true. How so, are you doing today, Pam?
0: Oh, oh just ducky.
1: <laughs> ducky. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: is it uh, Thursday yet? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: just planning my trip to Canada there. today with. Uh, i'm going up to montreal for tiff so it should be very interesting and uh, i'm going
1: with... that is so exciting i'm so excited for you
0: ah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting <laughs> to say the least we're flying the, the one of the women the, there's a woman in toronto we're meeting um, that i've been connected to on facebook for a while and this other girl that i met through a 50 shades group and we're going to tiff and we're hoping to see A Star is Born because Sam Elliott's in it and Bradley Cooper. Mm-hmm. Oh. And um, an- another movie, I think on the same day, but there, but we're, gonna, we're on there for like four days, six, seven, eight, six through the 10th. And, uh, but we're flying in a little turbo plop plane out of Newark, New Jersey. Now I wanted to drive. It's from here, it's it's about seven hours, seven and a half hours. But the mm-hmm. woman that I'm picking up in Brooklyn, she says, "No, I don't want to drive anywhere. I don't want to. I'm gonna, okay,
2: whatever." So, I'm <laughs> flying. so we're
1: getting in this little. Prop she wouldn't plane. have. She wouldn't have enjoyed our our road trip to Sealens Grove. No,
0: no. <laughs> um, so we're getting in a little prop plane, and we're flying into Billy Bishop Airport in Toronto, which is on an oh, island, cool. and it's a very small airport. <laughs> Um, we're staying in Yorkdale, which is north Toronto, and I have no clue. All I know is it's at one end of uh, it's two stops from the end of the subway system that takes you downtown, <laughs> and uh, so that should be a a very interesting, very interesting time.
1: So, oh my gosh! <laughs> I said the only place I, I think to- it's going to be great. And Joanie said, go. very nice, Pam. Uh-huh.
0: The only place I want to go is Harbor 60. Uh-huh. I said, that's the one place I want to have dinner.
1: <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, until I saw the prices, and I was like,
0: ah,
1: $90. It's still cool, for, though.
0: For an average entree. <laughs> so we'll see what happens on that. Anyhow, so we have lots of announcements coming up.
1: Yes, lots. Mm-hmm.
0: We have, of course, the Gabriel Fans Podcast is Sunday at 6, and, and they're going, I believe it's part 2 of Chapter 5. And then we have Trilogia de Mexico. They're Saturdays at 3 p.m. Mexico time. And Noites and Florencia, uh, they are going to be coming back at some point doing the uh, Judgmento de Gabriel. Noches Influencia is going to be on September 6th at 8 p.m. They'll be back. They're starting with the Prince. So
2: oh, that be a lot
1: of fun. yes, that would be great. I should try and read it in Spanish. Can you read? That'd Spanish? be a good challenge. Yeah. I, yeah, I studied Spanish and I kind of speak Spanish, not fluent by any means. I, I can make my way around
0: well i have made myself away around um spain a little bit
1: spanish mask
0: and you're breaking up just a little bit but that's, that's
1: okay. Um, so, yeah. can you hear me so, now
0: yeah i can hear you now i told you we're having a little, a little technical issues
1: here so it's, and frankly they're all on my end folks don't blame pam on this one and
0: or it's william we'll blame william he, he he's he gets involved in everything
1: yes well Um, before we even move on to that Pam uh I wanted to let you know that Kenzie said she was going to take a trip there this summer but she had to cancel she hopes you have fun and Karen had said sounds like a good adventure and Joni had said very nice Pam so everyone's excited about your upcoming trip and uh, we definitely want a full report when you get back of course. Especially if there is a Bradley Cooper sighting. I think I need to know about that, please. Oh, God, yes. He, well, you know... Your, your fellow Philadelphian. He's a
0: fellow Philadelphian. And the other fellow Philadelphian, who even went to the same high school as I did, but she graduated 10 years later, is Maria Bello. And she's in a movie that's going to be debuting in Tiffany. I forget the name of it off the top of my head. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> so. But the, some of the some of the uh, movies are like all spread out so we don't you know it's hard to figure out what we're gonna get
1: oh yeah Um, and Kenzie said or an SR site well I will look for every pair of Argyle (laughs) socks that I can or a man walking
0: around with a canoe
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think you guys have to rent canoes I'm just saying that would be the most hilarious thing or at least go somewhere where they rent them and take a picture I would fall I, I'll, out
0: laughing. I'll do what I can. I'll do what I can. I can't promise anything. Um, you know, as Sarah is a native Torontonian, so I will be able to get, I'm sure, a lot of information from her. But uh, Noreen is Noreen's from Brooklyn, and she's uh, out there a little bit. So that's OK. <laughs> but we'll do our best.
1: That's all good.
0: That's right. So SR has uh, been writing, um, you know, as you know, Gabriel Book Four, and working on uh, getting the uh, movie stuff together, and he's going to keep us all informed on that. But he's also been wrote uh, a fan fiction piece um, of Stardust Over Florence, and on the fan fiction site, you can find the um, the link either in, in one of our tweets for the man in the black suit or on SR's site and read what he's done for part one. Part two is going to be part of the... the whole thing is going to be part of a compilation of many authors that are fundraising for uh, legal defense funds um, for the babies at the border any of the children that have been left behind. Uh, there are a bunch of different um, uh, Charities involved. I think the Kind Group is one, ACLU is one, um, but there's a whole list. So if you go to their site, which I believe is uh, Babies at the Border blogspot.com, um, it will list everything. And also on their Facebook page, if you wanted to, you, there's still time to register as uh, an author or a beta or if you like to design things, uh, cover designs. I know that um, SR has something going with with somebody so uh, he's pretty much covered but um, he had a little tease with it uh, earlier this week about what's going to be in that second part so it's gonna be fun.
1: It's gonna be fun fun and I need to get on the stick. I still have not done that but Kenzie said she submitted hers, and she's really glad to support it, even in a small way. So, Kenzie, thank you on behalf of everybody who's working on the project. SR specifically asked us this week to mention this. Yeah. So it's very, very, um, it's very dear and near and dear to his heart. Yeah, <laughs> and saying, you need to look for canoes in the beret. <laughs> I do, I do. And if um, the other thing, if uh, there is a, a
0: date cutoff for any donations and what they these what they're asking for is a donation of of ten dollars or more and if you once you make that donation and they have a a person that email at borders at uh, at the baby's spot then they Mm -hmm. will add you to this compilation list um some of the from what i've understand some of the published authors are also donating signed books so they'll be put into a um uh, lottery for that and uh i know that they were originally asking basically like two thousand dollars in total for their fundraiser and i think they've doubled that at this point in time that's awesome which is awesome so uh you know if you can do it great it's already there and they and kenzie's right they do respond right to you right away so um i know i did mine a couple weeks ago so it was uh I'm mean, I'm I'm looking forward to reading it. It's gonna be so good too. You know, as, as you know, SR was uh Sebastian Robichaud in the um uh, fanfiction.net group and he he wrote the uh I believe it was the University of Edward Masden, uh, which was a Twilight fanfiction and that's how Gabriel and Julia came about.
1: So, so excited. Mm hmm. Mhm. So we got that
0: going on and um also don't forget we got the movie coming up.
1: Oh Passion my gosh. Flicks.
0: Passion flicks baby.
1: Passion flicks.
0: And I did see the first three episodes of Driven and it was very good. I enjoyed it. Um I and I believe the next three episodes come out on Friday. So
1: Yes, yes. In fact I'm I'm sure of it because Susie Steinley our friend from Adelaide, Australia, who's a big <laughs> SR fan and proponent. Um, I think she runs is she and Do Kez is aren't they involved with the SR fans? Oz. Yeah, pretty much. I'm trying to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so she she's really been promoting driven and on passion flicks and uh, she roped me into uh into that story as well. So I'm actually in the last I actually just finished the book last night, so very excited to see it on film. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenzie said, uh, re- referencing when SR did fan fiction back in the day, as uh, uh, under his pseudonym, his other pseudonym. Mm-hmm. She wishes he knew him back then. And uh, yes. So do I. I mean, there was,
0: there was Many some, of us do.
1: There,
0: the the group that was really involved with him in the beginning, like Cran um and uh, mango and uh, a few others Iriselli and all they um talk about when have talked about when they would anxiously wait saturdays because he would only post on saturdays at a certain time and mm-hmm. then they'd all get online and talk about it <laughs> on this fanfiction site so that's so cool yeah i mean i've i have read stuff on that fan fiction site A lot of the writers are really good, and they've got all kinds of uh, different genres and books, Fifty Shades groups, uh, Harry Potter groups. And so it's a lot of fun sometimes to read these things. That's
1: great. And Kenzie said in terms of the passion flicks films, she said she also really liked the Afterburn or the Aftershock Afterburn film. Mm -hmm. And Kenzie, I'm excited about looking at that one, too, because I actually read that back when Sylvia Day first put it out. So... I'd like to see how that uh, came to life. Um, and Kenzie said she she would read Twilight fanfic in two thousand eight, but only a little. Yeah, that, so, that's how that's how e. James got started too. I think she was Ice Queen, Snapdragon, something like Snow Dragon, something like that. So. Oh yeah, and nice. Kenzie, I am with you. I love Sylvia Day as well. Um, I and I agree with you. I hope they do the Crossfire series. That, that needs to come on. Yeah, that, that needs might, to come on
0: screen that might be an issue because she was um optioned to a studio for that
1: and yeah yeah that's right that's right I don't know whether the option did we ever the find out what back. happened with that
0: I'm not sure whether she took the option back or whether they they're holding on to it
1: she, interesting so I'm
0: not sure on that but I do know that 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 there was there's been a lot of issue with that and uh, well, mm-hmm. a lot of people have been asking about that I did read crossfire I was on I was I'm in a uh, fan page of theirs but I'm not really I, 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 you know, I liked it but I'm not really all that into that particular series So.
1: I yeah. really like some of Sylvia's day's historical fiction that is worth checking out if you haven't done it already some fun fun things and the book that inspired Crossfire was actually called Seven Seven Years to Sin I know it's a really scintillating title but it is cool to see it um, there it it really is kind of a very parallel story, um, but just in a completely different setting, and it's fun. So, um, just a little detour down to uh, some other fun authors to read. Mm-hmm. Um, Karen said it was good, and Kenzie says yes, the Twilight phenomenon. So, definitely, killer. definitely, and there is now going to be a Gabriel phenomenon because when that Gabriel series hits, mm hmm. Absolutely. I'm not
0: talking about what SR did. There are people that are writing stories
1: with the characters. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the the characters are so rich they could go in many different directions. So. And and we all know that Betty's going to have a her fan fiction with uh, her happy ending with Paul. So. That's right. That's right.
0: So. (laughs) A big happy ending for her. She and Paul.
1: Exactly. Yes. So I think um, any more announcements? Yeah.
0: No, I think that's pretty much it. Just make sure you're signed up to SR's Fox Down on Facebook because a lot of news comes through there and also SR's newsletter on his website. And that way it gets out oh, absolutely. right
1: away. So. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, this chapter, as we're heading into Chapter 22 in the man in the black suit, and I still cannot believe we're on Chapter 22 already. Like, I, I feel like we're just getting started and we're already on chapter 22. Mm-hmm. And this is one of my favorite chapters because this is where much more is revealed. Yes. And um, I'm, I'm just, I I'm, was I'm, I'm so excited for us to talk about this. And plus, it, this is another chapter that highlights SR's um, love, use, and didactic um, inclination towards sharing uh, art and the visual arts with us through his writing. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that has drawn many readers to his, his work, is the appreciation and the support of the arts. And this is a great chapter that showcases that. Um, so we've entered Chapter 22. As you know, they were having dinner out on the terrace overlooking Mont Blanc, um, Nicholas returned to the table, as you know, he stepped away and he came back without mentioning the journal. While Acacia seemed to push the food around on their plate, she seemed very preoccupied, obviously, because she just found out her apartment was trash. Um, she lost her appetite. She was worried and concerned. And Nicholas had recognized that and, and told her that workmen were actually On their way to her apartment.
0: Yeah, they were. We're we're losing you a little bit again. So, as you know, as.
1: They're coming. So, can you.
0: Yeah, well, you're breaking up a little bit.
1: Ah, okay. So, I'll. um, And they're in the midst of everything. And Acacia was not sure how people could be helping and clearing out her apartment already. And Nicholas told her that his parents renovated their apartment, and Juliet had the contractor's number, so he called and asked a favor. Um, And she thanked him and asked that he thank Juliet on her behalf as well. And if you're Nicholas Um,
0: Kasserer, you can do those things. (laughs)
1: Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's one things about this character to deploy them. So Nicholas.
0: So Nicholas. What about it? So Nicholas had to sort of uh, asked about the journal and what was so interesting about it, and Acacia didn't know, and she said that she put a purse. On top of her steak knife because she trying to be safe here
1: right right can you hear me yeah i can hear you can you hear me yeah okay because i wasn't sure (laughs) i know the whole thing it's interesting with acacia she is always on guard and she was thinking do i need to have a you know she's still not certain that she's really safe As you remember, she texted Kate about, if you don't hear from me, you know, um, call Luke. So she was putting her purse on top of the steak knife in order to get the knife if she she needs it. And as they were talking about the journal, she said, you know, she read every page. Marcel used a kind of shorthand in his notes. Um, For instance, he used the letter V on the meeting diary, the entry for their meeting. And Nicholas gestured, as, as they were talking, Nicholas gestured to Gretel to clear the table. And that's when Akasia had to make the decision whether or not she was going to take the knife. She thought it would be a good weapon. Um, but her martial arts training taught her that you are the weapon. You don't need to have weapons. So she slid the purse off, left the knife behind so it could be cleared. And as they continued her discussion she told him she could get the journal um for him and and he said that can wait until after dinner and that surprised her because she thought he was all about getting the journal and just getting information and not really caring about
0: yes nicholas asked if she wanted to have uh, um dessert or cheese or both with coffee or tea and uh, she said no to the dessert, but she would like black coffee. Uh, so Gretel clears the table and, you know, does all what she's supposed to do and brings about the uh, next course. And he's fidgeting with his napkin, and he asked what you know, what do you think the V could stand for? And uh, Acacia said, well, she thought maybe the Vitois. nicholas didn't think so but he said because his meetings were usually set up like on a neutral spot so this way that nobody would know each other at at the hotel and could get into all kinds of um violent issues i'm sure Um, yes yeah so um and the the places that they go to it's like you know it's like the mob the big mob meetings they make sure the security (laughs) is all clear and everybody's got everything that they need to know, do and, and what have you so <clears throat> anyway so she, then she's uh she's sitting there and he's she's thinking that maybe the v is a person and the right. also said maybe the v is is a number the roman numeral five and acacia just wishes she could just ask marcel who unfortunately is still in his coma it's february now uh still in his coma
2: mm-hmm.
0: um in the hospital um, although um um the, the, i can't talk nicholas does have, some, have people watching him <laughs> and you know, right. checking and reporting back on seeing how he's doing and then she turns around to uh nicholas and says um, are you an arms dealer?
1: <laughs> <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure you're not an arms? dealer? Are you sure you're not an arms dealer? And
0: you, because he has so many, he has as many contacts as a concierge does. Not
1: right, this. right, and that, and that does go to Joni. I, I did mention earlier, but she said hashtag Super Nicholas, and yes. I think this just reinforces that this guy has resources and he can, he can make things happen. Yes, he certainly can.
0: So he's now, he's laughing, and a good laugh, and it's a deep,
1: happy Mm -hmm. laugh,
0: and he's got this huge smile, and Acacia notices how handsome he is.
1: (laughs) Ooh, now it's getting good. Yeah. The attraction, the attraction attraction, uh, ramps up.
0: And so she notices he has a very intelligent forehead, and high cheekbones, and an angular jaw and an expressive mouth and a smile that lights up his whole face and so he doubted that arms dealers would self-identify as he's talking on this and laughing <laughs> all the whole time so we we asked um S- yes R- we,
1: asked- <laughs> guy, we did you, ask sr yeah, a yeah, question you, you, on
2: this
0: you can ask you can answer that question <laughs> he,
1: <laughs> so <laughs> go ahead. we asked him about Um, as he was admiring how handsome he was, the the description of an intelligent forehead caught my attention because I thought, what does an intelligent forehead look like? (laughs) And I asked him if there were any examples in pop culture of people with intelligent foreheads. And SR responded that he thinks a reader suggested the actor Tom Ellis as Nicholas which is true, as we know from the birthday show. Mm-hmm. And SR said, I hadn't thought much about Ellis's forehead, but it probably fits the bill. So there we go. <laughs> so. Yes, and I'm sure I'm sure SR was amused by, by my very juvenile ah, question. <laughs> yeah, he, he was
0: amused with me this week, period. I,
1: I, know. I know. I know. I know. But, but Tom Ellis, that was... Um, we got to check out his forehead yeah see if it's intelligent looking
0: and luther is is coming back and it is on netflix and filming as we speak
1: so anyway that'll be good
0: yes gretel has placed a, a plate of cheese and fruit and bread and cups of espresso down and uh nicholas you know out of just casual conversations says, would you like to visit the art collection Come um, see my etchings.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, you'd have to ask her twice. I yeah, mean, man. she only studied sure. art history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And
0: uh, so he said that he would give her a private tour of the gallery. So Acacia was confused. She thought the art was in the house. But then Nicholas says, prepare to be amazed.
1: Uh, I love that. I and. Know. And uh, as Johnny says, lots of thinking lines on that intelligent forehead, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And Kenzie says, "Why can't these men be real?" I know, right? <laughs> <Real>.
0: <laughs> that would be that would be perfect if they could be real, but
1: <laughs> but we'll we'll take them out. as yes, we'll take mm-hmm. them we'll take them as the the book boyfriends, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. To to contemplate and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Fantasize think about. about and do whatever. Mm-hmm. That's right. So after dinner, they walked down the path to the two cars. And while he did not travel with secure without security, his father didn't like anyone but him to drive his the his father's cars. So he motioned a curtain and another to the Range Rover, and then Nicholas led Acacia to the Porsche 911 Turbo S and opened the door. Akasia asked, where's the art gallery?
0: So I'm just going to interject something. Yes.
1: Yes. I Go for it. I
0: I guess it was like a year and a half ago, maybe. Yeah, around then. We we were goofing around about something with donuts or food or whatever. And, (laughs) you know, uh, S.R.E. likes to come back. I'm, I'm getting in the car now. Or can I have garage space? And right right. something was going on and I said well I need garage space he says okay fine I'll push I'll, I'll move the urban chariot and put you next to the porsche so I was I'm wondering this is just my own stupid thinking I was wondering when I when I read this portion of the book was he writing about the porsche at that time and then brought it up or does he have one <laughs> sorry
1: <laughs> we my should answer. have asked that question <laughs> not that he would ever tell us because can you imagine if if he said yes, I have a Porsche 911 Turbo S. Can you? <laughs> there'll be people in Toronto like scoping out every Porsche that drives <laughs> drives by along the lake. That's true. Oh That's my true. gosh! I, I, and I do know. I do have a, uh, an old neighbor that has one, so mm-hmm.
2: they're, they're easy to spot. To spot, right? Anyway.
1: They're very distinct. They're a very distinctive car, so they're very easy to spot. Kenzie said he'd never tell. That's right. And then she said, "I think he might." He so. probably
0: does, but you know what else he's probably gonna be getting soon if he doesn't already? Hmm. <laughs> so Passion flicks. Uh Tosca Musk is Elon Musk's sister. Yeah. Tesla.
1: A Tesla. A Tesla. Mm-hmm. Teslas are sexy cars, oh, not yes. gonna lie. They're not. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yes, Kenzie, Tesla, as in Elon Musk, Tesla. Go to the- his um his space project is another one. Mm-hmm. Yes, and those are ridiculously expensive. Yes, I know
0: my my junior my junior year boyfriend bought his wife one. <laughs> my,
1: my, well, there's a dealership down in your neck of the woods because I've driven by it. Yeah, and um, it's it's fascinating. Yeah, but it, uh, uh, Kenzie says she could see him driving a Jag like Gabriel. Yes. Yes. Or... or McLaren, uh, like William. Mm-hmm. There's um, another
0: expensive car that I saw one of at a dealership. <laughs>
1: when I was driving by one day. <laughs> nice. And Karen says, absolutely. And Kenzie says, the classic gentleman car? <laughs> Definitely. So... As Acacia asked, where's the art gallery? Nicholas told her that the gallery was just a few streets over and Kurt would follow them. So security would let them into the gallery. And as the push came alive, Acacia congratulated herself for texting Kate. Because if you recall, she just was not sure. So she sent this text saying, if you don't hear from me, call Luke. And you know, here she is being escorted from dinner to, in a car, you know, it's like the classic mob uh, lead-up for a mob hit, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So going to an undisclosed location. So she felt good about her uh, texting Kate. And then she said if Nicholas to her, or his bodyguard ch- would try to harm her, uh, she would try and fight them off. And if she did not text Kate, then Kate would call Luke. Mm-hmm. So she channeled Joseph Heller from Catch-22 just because you're paranoid doesn't mean that they aren't after you. Uh, her paranoia always treated her well. So, yeah, I love that reference to Catch-22. Again, I have not read Catch-22. I've only read slivers of it, and that's a Red. classic that I should read. So shame Red shame on me for not reading. Did you?
0: Yeah, I did. I don't remember much of it, mm-hmm.
1: but I, I did read it. So. And, and Joni says, life is too. short.
0: Yes, that it is.
1: Very, very true. Mm-hmm. So as they left the property, Nicholas glanced over to her and asked if she would prefer to go back. And when he said when she asked why, um, he motioned toward her purse and the fact that she was clutching it with both hands. And I can imagine, like, she's probably clenching it so tightly that her the blood was draining from her hands. And Acacia deflected, by saying that he was just driving too fast and Nicholas grinned commenting that from a par- Parisian driver and they are crazy drivers and said that Rick thought she drove her motorcycle well and would love to have and he he said he would love to have her give him a ride she said in Paris you have to go with the flow of traffic I live <laughs> by that <laughs> yes yeah. Yes, Northern yes. New yes. Jersey
0: Turnpike and you're
1: in the <laughs> center
0: lane doing 100 miles an hour and they're passing you on the left and right. You know you got to follow that traffic.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And this is another this is one of your questions, Pam. Right. That you asked SR. Oh, I did.
0: I asked him if he liked motorcycles if he. He didn't say whether he had one and he said he did like them. And I also asked if he did have. One. Yes. And he said it's true. But if you know, if you'll notice in Paris, uh, motorcycles and scooters are very popular and simple because they offer more mobility in city traffic, and they can weave in and out of cars like Dale dare daredevils. And I can attest to that. And <laughs> it, it's funny because you go along certain streets in uh, in Paris, and you'll notice that they'll have this big spot saved for parking and it's all for motorcycles you could probably fit 10 motorcycles in this spot so that's really cool and they they even have parking meters for just the motorcycles so you still have to pay your pay for your time but uh yeah so and, and the other thing that I noticed that was really that you don't see much here a lot of the motorcycles over there they have these um uh, things that you can that sort of fit around you uh sort of like uh, if, in case it's really cold or, or in bad weather, so that you're not getting your clothes all wet, and they attach to the bike itself, and they cover your legs, and they, uh, usually you're wearing some sort of a, a weatherproof jacket on top of what of your clothing, and this just sort of adds to that layer, and uh, you know, and I, and I, having had a, a, a boyfriend years ago that had a motorcycle. And when you're driving around on these things and it starts to rain, you better find Mm. an underpass pretty quick.
1: Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's nerve-wracking, though. Um, I actually followed my nephew um, back from the beach, and he was driving. He was riding his motorcycle, and it was a downpour. And he was like, oh, I'm fine. I ride in the rain all the time. I mean, I was talking about clutching your your car you know i could barely see yet alone see him in front of me and he got he went through it but it was it was and it was at night i mean it was very very dangerous so yeah there's there people you know people love their motorcycles
0: and kenzie just uh, mentioned that she thought she'd share she commissioned an artist that she admires a few months back and today she received a uh, uh, commission of Nicholas.
1: Oh, cool! So, yeah. I can't wait so to you, check it out.
0: If you want to see it, um, it's uh, on on Twitter, and I believe it's uh, the fiction, and tw- mm-hmm. it's, the, it's in the chat room. The uh,
1: link you can. Up the too. link is in the chat room. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So. And Kenzie says she finds them sexy. haha yeah, They are. <laughs> they are. There's something to be said about riding on the back of a bike. Oh
0: yeah,
1: great. For um,
0: great for the wind in your hair and the bugs in your teeth.
1: <laughs> I'd just go with the wind in my hair, please. Um, and Karen and Karen says it's really nice. She she just took a look and a glimpse. Um, Kenzie, I'm going to look at it after the podcast because I'm afraid if I try to do anything um, else on my laptops, I um, may <laughs> disconnect somehow. So. <laughs> Um, and Joni says, we need a second TMI TBS for that dual motorcycle ride. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Where they could scoot around Rome. <laughs> that, that's
0: another interesting driving location.
1: Oh, yes, yes. And I, I can attest that they drive just as crazy in Athens. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's mind numbing how uh, people weave in and out of the traffic. Mm-hmm. So, and, and Kenzie said, thanks. She loves her take on Nicholas. So I can't wait to, I can't wait to look. look I can't wait to see. And we'll definitely, you know, definitely make sure to share, um, share this with the, the rest of our, the men in the black suit fans. I'm sure. Because Nicholas is definitely in in the pantheon now of wonderful book boyfriends. Um, And as, you know, as we're going, um, they were riding over to the gallery. Acacia's phone buzzed. She looked at the screen, and there was a text from Kate stating that she was scaring her and that she was going to call Luke. Acacia responded without letting Nicholas see. She was trying to be really discreet. And she said, don't call Luke unless you don't hear from me for several hours. I'm okay. Um, Nicholas thought Kate was her friend, Um and he had said, oh, well, if she worries about you, then she's a very good friend. And then there was another buzz, and Kate was just saying, okay, but be careful. And that made Acacia feel better, um, that Kate was on her side and was got her back, and she muted the phone. Um, but she was dancing the line there, because here she is riding along with Nicholas and trying, you know,
2: Going towards her
1: trying mind. to be... Yes, exactly. Um, And as they went through the gates of a small estate that housed the gallery, um, the setting was just magnificent and overlooked Lake Geneva. There were several buildings connected with a large fountain in the quadrangle. Acacia asked if this held the family art collection. Nicholas said yes. And that was opened in 1951 to the public. He had arranged for the curator to be there if she wanted to tour privately now, Pam, I don't know if you wanted to talk a little bit at this point about uh, the private artwork. Yeah, or did you um, want to wait till later um, in the? I, I can wait until a little bit later on that until we get into okay. the artwork. Yes, um, but before we even before you head into uh, the next part of it, Kenzie said she loves how Sr has this way of writing, where he can finish a book and leave readers satisfied, but leaves room for more in the future. That's and so of course, true. we always want more. very true kenzie very true
0: yeah one one thing i will say about the uh about this uh family uh foundation that he has when when sr was writing the book he wrote the castor foundation but it's based on the bodmer foundation and i think it's b-o-d-m-e-r f-o-n-d-a-t-i-o-n um Mm -hmm. and it's they're on the website, and it's actually it is actually where the uh, Dante Alighieri uh, portrait is the one that's used on all the Divine Comedy books, and uh, it's a privately held uh, museum, but you can go to go and visit with it. You make an appointment, and it is in Geneva. So that's what he based the Casper um, Foundation on. So, just very cool in there. Um. When he asked her, if she wanted to, uh, the curator to walk her around. Uh, he said, "She said that you know wasn't necessary. Uh, she's looking around. Just as all the shutters are down, um, and the museum lights were very low, and that's you know to help conserve the artwork then and, and and that's in there. Um, but the exhibits and the displays all had, were well lit so that you could see what you know look at them. Uh, the curator greeted them, shook their hands." And uh, also gave them just some information about the collection. So as they as they're walking along, she turns. They, she turns the corner and she stops abruptly. And of course, Nicholas walks right back into her. <laughs> Opportunity knocks, uh, but uh, she really had. She really did notice that he he bumped into her, and he's holding her, trying to keep her steady another opportunity
1: chance i was going to say uh, that <laughs> does not sound like <laughs> there's no problem there They're no problem
0: there no and um but he apologized but the reason she stopped so suddenly because she saw the dante alighieri uh portrait by botticelli in in on uh, in the foundation and she you know she she'd seen it on the divine comedy hundreds of times on the honor book and so she now she just wanted to get closer and take a look at it so you know Nicholas basically tells her take as long as you need to because she wanted to look at it because of the the way uh, Botticelli paints and how the temper she liked the way the temper was on the canvas for this particular um, portrait. Uh, Nicholas always liked the paintings as well and But he also thought that Acacia was more of an Impressionist's fan, as opposed to Botticelli. And uh, she tells him that, you know, Impressionists are her main portion, but Botticelli has always moved her, and so she she keeps that as a special uh, spot. And if you've ever seen a Botticelli work, they're magnificent. They really are. Absolutely. You you know, one of the things that... um, Leslie and I learned we were in Down in Williamsburg uh, last year at a at an exhibit. Um, you can tell what part of his life by the, his paintings and how some of the coloring goes and and in his Madonnas, how the Madonna looks at the child and how the child looks at the Madonna, and there was a part in the history of Botticelli where I think it was Savignola came in with the bonfire of the vanities and was burning all kinds of paintings. And as as that comes closer to what where Botticelli is, you can see his, his paintings getting a little darker, a little sadder. And so it's
2: really cool just to look to see them.
1: It really is. And Kenzie said, only a dream to see one in person. It really is, but you can be on the lookout. I mean, this... There was an exhibit that came um, to two sites in the U.S. last year. One was in uh, Virginia, Williamsburg, Virginia, at the College of William and Mary, and that exhibit also went up to Boston. Yeah. So it's not a, it's not only if you get to go to Florence or to Rome. Um, sometimes they do go on um, go on tour. And let me tell you, that was that was awe inspiring. I was. mean, the 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 work, and it was a beautifully curated show. So they give you a lot of information behind it. And if, did, it was it was breathtaking.
0: Yeah, it absolutely was. And in the Uffizi, the way it's all set up, he's got a room all to himself, and the um, um, Primavera and the other one, um, it they're they're both there, and I didn't I didn't realize how big they were when I, you know, it's like when you look at um, when I saw the Mona Lisa, the Mona Lisa is small, and these are a lot bigger. So, it's you know just just they're just
2: such beautiful pieces.
1: I know we had um, we had been uh, posting them out when we were there. Um, I'm trying to figure out maybe we'll post a couple of them. Yeah, I've got, Again, got a so you, to... so because we took tons and tons of pictures. Kenzie said she didn't know about them at all, or really about the Renaissance, until reading his books, and now she has a deep appreciation for them. And I said that is the beauty of SR. Karen says she's been lucky to see some works in Florence and in the United States. And Kenzie was watching Uffizi's live yesterday, and a musician was performing in front of Spring and he bowed to it when he was done oh my gosh she says she wants to go but it's so expensive to even fly and i i know um there are some good sites you can use though. one that i found very helpful is called hopper it's an app hopper like the bunny h-o-p-p-e-r and no i'm not getting any uh commission for plugging it but that is a really nice little app that searches many, many, many search engines and can help you get some pretty reasonable flights. So um, just to let you know, sometimes it's not as out of reach as you think it might be.
0: And as far as hotel stays, uh, they have these pensiones, which are like pet bed and breakfasts and they're, mm-hmm. they're very relatively inexpensive. And also, SR gave this to me last year when I was looking to for places to stay uh, there are convents in the area where the sisters rent out the rooms and yes. the only bad thing is that you have to be back in by a certain time
1: but, <laughs> you, know, and you can't be out all night partying no, you can't to go back to night. the convent and you know <laughs>
0: obviously if you're a married couple there might you know usually they're just for females and the brothers will have some just for men but mm-hmm. um you know but that's just an option um but the uh, my my neighbor phil has always gone through the pensiones and loves them you know he, he swears by them because you're meeting all kinds of people the family that owns the home as well and they give you all kinds of good tips so just as an fyi so it can yeah. be it, it, it doesn't have to be really expensive if you don't want it to be. That's
1: the nice thing. Yes, it is. And Joni said sharing their passion for art is so romantic. Mm-hmm, I agree. Mm-hmm. Kenzie said she knows Italian people have, like, eating schedules. Restaurants will close so employees can enjoy their meals. She loves that. And the hotel prices look normal. Yeah. So, yes. And adding on to what Pam had said about um, pensiones. And Karen also stayed at a convent in Rome. When she traveled, and I know my friend actually stayed at a convent, I think it's called St. Leo's, I could be completely wrong, in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely a convent that uh, they uh, allowed for rooms for, rooms for rent. Um, and now with all these different sites like Airbnb and VRBO, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can, you can find things that are not just hotels. Right. Um, so uh, hostels as well. Um, depending on your penchant for uh, sure. kind of roughing it a little yeah. bit, sharing <laughs> bathrooms, um, sometimes depending on where you're going, if you literally just need a place to sleep at night, that's not a bad option either. Right. So, yes. um, it's 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 cool. Um, but I would love I would love to go to Italy, Kenzie. I've not been there either, and um, it would be really really magical. Right. And Karen said, "Yes, that's that is true. At nighttime, the streets are full with uh, f- with families and friends. So. Yeah.
0: so, I'm sorry, my my granddaughter is here. I'm I'm going to put you on hold for just two seconds. Sorry.
1: I can continue. Okay, no go ahead. worries. Uh, well, what we were talking about um, after she was spying that beautiful Botticelli." And Nicholas uh, had called her over um, closer. Um, Acacia said she didn't know that he actually owned it. And Nicholas said that one of his ancestors had a thing for Florence and a real passion for the Renaissance. And that's how they acquired the illustrations of the Divine Comedy copies of Botticelli, um, which, of course... As you remember, these are the same divine comedy copies yes, that sorry. Gabriel and Julia um, mm-hmm. own and were displaying at the Uffizi in the Gabriel series books. So, right. um, so that's uh, I love, again, how SR weaves in some of his storylines from the other books. Um, and, you know, Nicholas said that the painting of Dante was an original. And, you know, it's just magnificent. I can't even imagine being there. I know. And uh, Kenzie says, I wonder when we all will find out Nicholas and Gabriel's relation to each other. Well, well, we'll have to see if there's any more than just the fact that his ancestors sold him. Uh, yeah. Nicholas's family sold the prince to Gabriel. We'll have to see if there's and, more to it than that. And there Kenzie- could be.
0: And Kenzie, if you've read the Florentine series, because again, the way he weaves stories in together, there's a you, you can find out a little bit on that too.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: there's a little hint to that. So,
2: anyhow, where was I?
1: You were talking about when Dante. We were. We just talked a little bit about the painting of Dante. Okay. And, um, and, and
2: the illustrations that they that Gabriel
1: had. Yes. Yes. Okay. We just finished talking about okay. that. So. When,
0: you know, Dante died in 1321, so how about it, Jolly painted him in 1495 and got a almost <laughs> great likeness of him, is beyond me, but um, it is an incredible piece, and uh, with the, it's the temper on canvas, and Nicholas has always liked the, the painting, and, and she does as she does with Botticelli, has always moved her. Uh, Nicholas has told her to stay as long as she wants in the gallery, and oh, when Acacia joined him, she thought it belonged, she told him she thought it belonged in the Uffizi, but Nicholas ensured her that her family had owned it for a while, and it had not been advertised, none of the best pieces had been advertised because since the robbery. So uh, she uh, asked if it was okay to ask about the stolen pieces. And this made him tense up a little
1: bit. Which is understandable. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was nice that Acacia respected his feelings, though, and actually asked if it would be all right to discuss them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think Nicholas would appreciate the fact she was interested. Obviously, she has the, uh, the training in the art and in art history. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it made sense to him. But I'm, still, it was, I'm sure it was still painful. And he told her that they lost the Monte family, uh, Degas pastel on paper, Ice Flows on the Seine by Monet, and Dance in the Moulin de la Gaillette by Renoir. And Macassia was shocked. Um, While not familiar with the Degas, she knew the Monet and the Renoir was a very famous work, but she did not know that his family actually owned them. And as he says, well, we used to own them so uh that my heart hurt for him at I know, that point
0: i know when i had asked sr about the paintings or mm-hmm. I, should say I, asked him. I had been posting pictures because i for the last couple of weeks i've been looking at the paintings online and trying to figure out what where are they what are they you know that kind of stuff because it's you're are they real paintings did he make them up just for this or or what so um, when I asked him, or when I posted things, I found out in, for example, one, um, the uh, Degas was in at the Philadelphia Art Museum, but it was not being shown. So when I posted a copy of the picture, I mentioned that. And then the um, Ice Flows uh, painting, I said, was at the at Metropolitan Museum, which SR uh, kindly sent me a note, and he said that... Um, he that that wasn't where it is actually and that um he uses a website called web gallery of art and which has all kinds of paintings and when he looks for paintings what that he's talking about he specifically looks for paintings that that are in a private collection <clears throat> so this way you know you can go and you can find the piece but it, it's not like you know where it is so that's you know
1: that's um, I think that's great though because that's I want to actually go check out that site because it really sounded yeah um pretty good web gallery of art so he Uh, also when
0: he emailed me about this he also mentioned to me that um it surprises him that so many artists have have duplicated their paintings and so because I saw this this Degas in the Philadelphia Art Museum. That there could be another one that's being held in private. So
1: it's amazing.
0: I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. I could digress on that a lot.
1: <laughs> no, I think it's great. I mean, it really, it really is. And and then he moved um, from not just talking about the artwork. But also the collection they had of papyri, which is manuscripts, early printed books and letters. Um, And he asked if she would like to see them. And uh, obviously she was interested and she was reflecting on that. And uh, in fact, and in fact, Kenzie says, thanks for sharing that, Pam. She's going to check it out. And... uh, the loss was really great to his family. And Akasi was wondering how Nicholas could enter the gallery, um, you know, with knowing how how great this loss was because there was so much grief. Monica. So it's good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Um, We're just in the midst of the tour of the gallery, of Nicholas's family gallery. Uh, He led her through room after room. The papyri, or is it papyri, I should have checked that. I'm going to say papyri, but it could be rye, were awesome. They had expressive holdings, impressive holdings. She stopped in front of a beautiful manuscript that was open to the fifth surah. Akasia read it aloud in Arabic as she was holding her hamsa. And the fifth surah said cooperate in righteousness and piety but do not cooperate in sin and aggression and i actually asked sr about this Um, i asked him why he selected the fifth surah as a work to highlight and he said i chose the text from the quran intentionally trying to highlight aspects of the trition, tradition that aren't often spoken about. He also does that in later chapters as well when Acacia gets into a debate with her cousin. So I I wanted to know because I just thought it was a really great, um, great quote. And uh, as, as he continued on, uh, Nicholas stated to Acacia that she read Arabic as well as spoke it. Um, and Acacia told him that the line was there was you know as they were reading that that there were significant differences between Islam, Judaism, and Christianity, but she's also struck by the similarities in the traditions. And um, I can attest that's very true. We actually had I had a class in world cultures and we were exploring the different world religions and we were able to find many, many similarities um, within the faiths. Mm-hmm. And when she finished, Nicholas steered her to another display case. This one holding a second century papyrus held and it had the oldest copy of the gospel according to St. John. And I mean, can you imagine, honestly, you just saw Botticelli's Dante. You've seen... You've learned about all these treasures that were stolen from him and his family, and then you you were reading uh, these old uh, works from the Quran and and one of the oldest copies of the Gospel according to Saint John. I mean, just imagine being in that presence. It's it's remarkable. Um, she wondered how his family had come across these treasures. And Nicholas told her that his ancestors are people of the book, while most of the family is Jewish. A few did convert to Christianity, and he believed that was the case with this manuscript. And she asked about his family, and he was Jewish. He looked for a reaction in her face, and she offered none.
0: Yeah, now I, I, I just mentioned SR, Um that I, that when, when at that point in the chapter, I was surprised at uh, the reaction that he was looking for a reaction because in this day and age, I mean we're we're such a homogenous community anymore that there were that you know anti-Semitism is you know, I know it's around, but it just it's not around where I in my world, if you know what I mean,
2: mm-hmm. Which,
0: you know, I mean, I mean my extended world it is, but in my my personal world, it's not and um he said when when he responded to that as far as for nicholas and his heritage he says earlier in the book that he has noted that anti-semitism or anti-immigration sentiment is on the rise in europe and as well as in north america and he is uh, he knows that those sentiments were exploited by anti-semites in, earlier in world history not just the nazis but before that even in the middle ages and Uh, I can just point you to um, the book uh, Shadow of the Night by uh, Deb Harkness because she's got a a section in there where Diana goes into the quote-unquote Jewish town in Prague and you know you can read a little bit about that. Um, But part of this novel was a reaction to what's being displayed in Europe and in in North America and he wanted to engage with the questions and issues and also wrote a character who is right in the middle of it. Acacia is that character, and to a lesser extent, Nicholas is as well. So that's how he explained it to me. uh, while He was going through it. So he relaxed a little bit um, and told her that his family branch had been part of the reform movement. Uh, but really, today they only celebrated the high holidays. Uh, they then walked to another case showing a medieval manuscript of Zohar, and he asked and hoped that he that she spoke Hebrew, but uh, no. But as she walked, uh, she mentioned that the three books Islam, Christianity, and Judaism seemed to live in peace in in the collection. And Nicholas wondered if they spoke with each other and maybe shared their secrets with each other. And then, you know, one can only hope.
1: Absolutely. And and Monica had ma- made the comment that SR is teaching us, and we don't even know it. Uh-huh. Karen said, indeed, he is, Monica. And I agreed. I said, SR is our professor. Monica says, the ultimate professor. And uh, Kenzie <laughs> says she's starting... Uh, uh, diary discovery of, Witches. of discovery of which is next mm-hmm. which is great you'll love it you'll
0: love it you won't be able to put it down.
1: I know Kenzie that's on my to read list too. I got sucked into driven though after driven I'm going on the discovery tour I think
0: okay because that move that's that, that uh, starts in January in the United States and in September 14th in, in England on sky one and i believe yes. hbo finland is getting picking it up as well so.
1: oh cool yeah, so and it's... kenzie says she actually thinks that actually was a professor i think many people um, are contemplate that mm-hmm. i know i think I, I think i tossed that idea out into the uh, into the uh, world at one point and she said it's been on her tvr for 4 years uh-huh. she will feel so accomplished after that And Monica says the Audible Trilogy awaits. You'll love it. I've listened to it three times already. (laughs) It is good. Yeah. I have to do it one way or the other. I I really do. And Kenzie says he could also be a saint. Well, there there, are thoughts around that. That's right. There are (laughs) thoughts
0: that he might be uh, a a priest or or, or something. A man man of of the cloth. cloth.
1: Mm -hmm. Or a man of faith. That's true. Karen says, yes, that has been discussed many times, many, many mm-hmm. times.
2: <laughs>
1: that would be a fun show just to put out our theories about what, what SR, SR does <laughs>
0: non-pseudonym life is like right so, uh, Cassia looked all around at this incredible collection and Nicholas told her that the gallery is wheelchair accessible and pointed to a sign in Braille and I've, I've noticed this in a couple of our galleries where they have this um, and it was posted next to a display case featuring letters Ring, a first edition of Dante's work from 1502. Um, there was now doesn't also, that make you want
1: to go and read that? Oh yes. Yeah. I was like oh <laughs> I need to find out what that is.
0: <laughs> I'm having a tough enough time getting through the Divine Comedy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so,
0: um, there's also a guidebook in Braille and raised forms so that Uh, you can feel the form so that nobody uh, misses out on what the art could be is. I've seen that. I've seen it in the Uffizi. I've seen it in the Louvre. I've seen it in the Barnes Foundation here. Um, I've seen that up at the Met in New York. Um, And I haven't been in the art museum lately in Philadelphia so I don't know. That's one of my uh, trips that I have to take with my neighbor Phil. so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great the way they do that. Um,
1: the oh, other that's thing, so cool.
0: Yeah. The other thing is, Reva uh, always believed that art belonged to everybody. And she had started all kinds of programs of education for children and other various uh, groups. And so she wanted to hear more and Nicholas told her about these programs and expanded on some like the caregivers and patient programs. Uh, they bring patron, patrons in with dementia or Alzheimer's, so that they have the time to they can admire the work and just sit, and in, in a calm, peaceful place. And also, that there were musicians that would perform, and uh, people would get up and sing and dance. And you know, I, I know that uh, I've talked about my neighbor Phil all the time, and his pet wife who passed away about a year ago. Colette was at uh, at the end was very. Um, much intimate very into dementia but mm-hmm. while she was still cognizant of certain things she would she loved to sing and she loved to dance and there was a program that she would go to here that phil would take her to and she'd get up there and she just had a a, a joy that came about and i think that's um part of what uh reva was trying to do she bring the joy back into these people's lives whether they be the caregivers to see their loved one opening up or or for the uh, patient and having them come out of wherever their dementia and Alzheimer's takes them to
1: absolutely
2: something so
0: So as they approached a larger room Nicholas grew rather quiet and uh, he told her this was the main exhibit hall and as acacia entered she looked to see if nicholas was behind her he wasn't he shook his head that he wasn't coming so she entered and when she she noticed that all the walls were blank except for a portrait it was light washed walls that washed the walls and there were empty frames strewn across the floor and uh, she didn't understand really what she was looking at at the beginning so she gazed at the picture, and all of a sudden, she realizes this portrait is Riva.
1: hmm That was and powerful.
0: That is powerful, and and she sort of very powerful took her back. You know, she's gasping. Gasped a little bit, and she turned to look look at, at Nicholas, and he was still standing where he was, and he told De Cassia that they left the room the way it was after the mm. robbery. Uh, Riva's portrait was hung a little high in Acacia's uh, knowledge eye in, on aesthetics. Um, but it, it seemed like she was looking down on the carnage of the room. The frames had still had pieces of canvas in them and they were still strewn on the floor. Mm. So that was like.
1: That was very. That painted just such a devastating scene. Yeah. Um, but I also think the. Even the portrait being high I think was very intentional and is very thoughtful because mm-hmm. it's like she is looking down upon them mm-hmm. and upon what happened and I just thought it was really powerful. And so, then our, our lovely KK
0: is leaving us to finish dinner. They're having uh, the menu this evening is uh, sautéed uh, wild <laughs> cod with mixed greens with feta and blueberries. And oh my gosh. And i uh, hold dinner for about five hours. I'll be there.
1: <laughs> I know. That sounds great. Have a great night, KK. And, and congratulations
0: um, on your uh, choir
1: oh, audition. Yes, that yes. In. She's in the Choral Society. Um, very, very excited for her. Mm-hmm. Excited. And uh, and as, as we, you know, following on some of the discussion earlier about SR, Monica said, man of faith with business time and canoes. And hungry for donuts, <laughs> and Karen wow. said, "And cowbells." Yep. And you know, and he Kenzie junk. says, "And argyle socks." Uh-huh. Mom said, "Don't forget that." Uh, Joni says, "Coffee." Kenzie said, "Scotch." Mom said, "Teaser master," uh-huh. which and we all agree on, and he hobbits he <laughs> he knows from Kenzie. What <laughs> yes he does uh, yes
0: i had mentioned something earlier today to him about the six-year-old trying to teach me about platform games and, <laughs> and i was thought she was talking about like a board game i thought i was kind of with it my son grew up with video games but
2: mm-hmm.
0: i guess i'm not
2: <laughs>
0: and, <laughs> and so he says what is that and i told him and he said you know I said, I stopped video games at Pong, so I have no clue. <laughs> and, dole,
1: dole. and Kenzie said, You mean Beer Pong? No, not Beer Pong. <laughs> <laughs> the, back in,
0: and, and I was in high school, I remember this very clearly. Um, I forget the company that put it
1: out. Uh, they It was a game called Pong. Oh, yeah. It, it was a, that was one of the first. Very major. first. It was before Donkey yep.
0: Kong and before Mario Brothers and they had it was just a black screen with a white line in the middle of it and this <laughs> little wh- white bar that would go up and down and uh, like it looked like a tennis ball and you could hit it yep you, you, you want didn't want it to get it out and uh
1: I remember playing that I, I went to my friend I, my friend Lori's house
0: I was and Lori's
1: family had that and that was the coolest thing ever
0: I, I was a senior um, And I'm
1: not a video school. gamer. I'm not a gamer at all, but I do remember playing that yeah, it was even way back Space, in the Vades. day. It was even before Space Invaders. But mm-hmm.
0: I, I was a senior in high school, and I worked in a restaurant uh, in a department store. And the way I would get to the restaurant, I had to walk by the uh, T where they, they sold TVs. And they had the game system there. And it was like $700, and it was just pong. pound. was <laughs> um, <there's> a <laughs> white ball going back for so I uh, I was uh, it was there, fall maybe early winter and we were visiting my aunt my mother's sister my aunt Jane and her son Bobby my cousin and uh, his roommate Snibs who was a exchange student from Liberia um, <laughs> and I were also at the shore at this time my aunt lived down there and um, we went into his garage and. There was a little bit of an herbal essence in the air. And um, we there, there was this little place down on the corner from their house that's usually a summer bar, but it was opened in the winter then. I don't know why. And we went in, and Sneb's is standing in front of this machine, putting no money into the machine, playing pong. And the three of us are laughing like we've we we. It was the funniest damn thing in the world, and I think that was part of the um, uh, herbal essences that were around us at the time. And uh, it just it, one of the funniest memories I have of my cousin Bobby and and, and this guy
1: Snips. So anyhow, and pong. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, um, uh, Kenzie said space invaders was her shit mm-hmm. uh mom said wolfenstein <laughs> uh, <laughs> kenzie said she looked it up nazis <laughs> monica said <laughs> puzzle bubble mm-hmm. so uh yeah the first shoot <laughs> basically so oh, um God. oh my gosh we're having too much fun tonight yes. um we you know this this chapter was challenging in a way because it really it tied in a lot of pieces and there was a lot of emotion written in it um and nicholas um you know having to be in the, the gallery at that time was i think it, it must have been hard for issar to write I, I we should have asked him that question was that was that difficult because of the pain that was involved mm-hmm. um i wish i would have thought of that when i wrote the questions at like midnight the other night um <laughs> But he, Nicholas had said the portrait, the portrait had been commissioned and that they wanted it to be the focus of the room. And Acacia said it was a beautiful painting, um, but Nicholas said he hated it. He said Riva was always smiling, especially when she was in the gallery, um, but she wasn't smiling in the portrait. And Acacia asked if they were close to finding the thieves, and he really couldn't answer it. And Acacia went to him and, and said, I think it's time to go. We should, we should go. Um, after he focused on her he was puzzled that she didn't want to see the rest of the collection Um, and Acacia had said look you're upset Um, this took you back to the really horrible tragedy that occurred and she wanted to leave because he was upset and I think that took him I think that caught him quite off guard I think that surprised him um, he made a comment that she was very unselfish and most unexpected. Um, so again, I think this adds to, to his um, attraction for her, that you know she is unexpected and she is as, as good as he thinks she is. And she replied that she's only human. Well, she looked at him and commented that she was very sorry that his world was so dark. Um, and that being human... Um, Caused shock and surprise. He, his, his those comments to him just took him off guard, and Nicholas didn't know why he continues to be surprised by her, but it's really because she's demonstrated an admirable character time and time again. He could not remember a time when someone went out of the way, his way for him, their way for him, and Acacia thanked him and told him that he. She really needed some new friends and I think you know she the way she said it in the book it was kind of like a one-off like oh, you need some new friends mm-hmm. and um, she then kind of caught herself and apologized because she didn't want him to think that she was being rude and he said no you know you're right um, you were completely right in in that observation and uh, looking at the chat room she Kenzie had said she had a question for him, but she doesn't know if it's stupid. On his website, he has photos of Florence. Um, she was wondering if those were photos he took while there. And obviously, we can definitely ask him that. Mm-hmm. And Mon said, well, I was silly and stupid all the time. I wonder how he handles me. I, I feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, he, he's even said before there are no stupid questions. I mean, mm-hmm. um, Mon says she thinks he's getting a little tired. LOL <laughs> well, Um, Kenzie says not really stupid. I always feel like I annoy him. I highly doubt that Kenzie. I highly doubt that unthinkable. He likes the initial reaction, but sometimes he goes offline. So, you know, when going back to Nicholas here, um, you know, he, he is kind of thinking, yeah, you know, there's a problem. Um, I do need new friends, uh, you know. I think he, I think that kind of was like a, an aha moment for him. Mm-hmm. And suffering is the great equalizer, is what he said to her, um, while he was looking at the great hall. Acacia agreed, saying that empathy can help us better understand our fellow human beings. Uh, Nicholas says that his sister would agree with her. Acacia tells him that Riva did a great job on the gallery, and. Nicholas told her that she actually had found items in their parents' house that they didn't realize they owned. For example, the Degas that hung in the master bathroom, the Degas had actually hung in the master bathroom for decades. No one knew it was a pastel on paper by Degas Mm -hmm. um, because most people only associate the oil paintings with Degas. Whoever framed it covered his signature. And can you even imagine that, having a Degas hanging in the master bathroom and nobody knew about it? I mean, just think about that. <laughs> I know. Um it's uh and Monica, yes, okay. <laughs> she said he likes the interaction.
0: Mhm. Yeah, because uh, he something you know things
1: like he,
0: he he just really enjoys you know, he like he likes the interaction with right. the fans, I think is what it is. And he he the nice thing about it is that he'll explain something to you. In a way that makes you want to dig more to look for it so Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you know so
1: but
0: but, uh it's not so it's
1: not annoying he appreciates the time we have for him
0: that's right so Reva had her uh suspicions when asked if she had recognized the the painting and uh Nicholas gestured that uh, she should continue, and, and as they continued through the rooms, Acacia was getting tired and could no longer hide it. It was after midnight, and Nicholas apologized for keeping her so, up so long, but she thanked him for bringing her. Nicholas never went 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 with went there, he said, so to him, because to him it was like a tomb, and he knew that, but she knew she would appreciate the work. Uh, Kurt and the other security guard are now waiting outside by the car with the curator as they're getting ready to leave. So he walks through to the car and opens the door and gets gets her in, but didn't start talking to her until he went over to the driver's seat and shut the door. And then he pointed his chin toward the gallery and said that he was at his parents' house when, when it happened, the robbery. And they were having drinks and waiting for her to come home. Uh, Acacia Acacia apologized. She was so sorry. but Although he tried, he was not in a position to do anything about it at the time. But it has led him to this facetious life, fictitious life that he's uh, been living. And Mm -hmm. quietly acquiring information and contacts. So, and he turned to her and he stated, I'm no longer the prey. I'm the predator. He started the car and off they went
1: left the compound. Dun, 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 dun.
0: That is chapter
1: 22. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, telling you, I really, this is one of my favorite chapters of the book. I yeah, really, really yeah. liked it. So there was so fun. much to it. So much going on. Uh-huh. And uh, Mon had said she started to stop the flow. She was starting to stop the flowing. And I said, there's no need to apologize. That's what uh-huh. this podcast is about. We want to have the interaction and the comments and share with everybody, but everyone else is is uh, thinking. And I, you know, I, I think though it really, the, this also continues to play, play out the characters and un- unveil some more of the characters perspectives. You know, mm-hmm. Acacia is trying to stay under the radar. She's being extra cautious. Um, she's really seeing the commonality and the good in people. Um, and really is also trying to be grac- gracious, and respectful, and con- conscientious, and considerate of others. And uh, Nicholas, having had the, this great pain in his life, has really just done everything to try and he, I, you know, you kind of get the sense that he's it, it's vengeance that mm-hmm. he seeks, and you know he's he's not a victim now. He is turning the tables, and he's the predator. Right. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was really, really good. I, and you can just imagine him speeding off in the Porsche. Mm-hmm. Um, Joni said she loves the chapter, too. It's very meaty. Exactly.
0: Yeah, there's a lot in this. And a lot, you know, not just about um, the gallery and what he went through with the gallery, but also, I think, with, with learning about people and, and the, the whole inner structure of, of our human psyche. Mm-hmm. As far as different, you know, prejudices and that kind of stuff, too. He brought that out a lot in this, too. so I so love it. I do, too. So, we will be back next week.
1: And we yes, we will.
0: Chapter 23.
1: I'm very excited about Chapter 23. Moonlight swims. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all good, my it's friend. All good. It's all good. Yes. good. Yeah. And I should we also m- mention when we're doing our Friday this sure. month?
0: Sure, uh, our Friday for the month of August is August thirty first. Uh, I think it is, or thirtieth. August. Oh, it's 31st. Friday
1: the thirty first right. at nine p.m. Eastern time.
0: And uh, we'll be going over the stuff that we've we've gone over uh, this month and. Nicholas's birthday and oh, just all kinds of fun stuff.
2: All
1: kinds of really good stuff. So. The I know it's been it's been quite a month. Yes, it has
0: been in more ways than one. With Nicholas and uh, and uh, the birthday and all kinds of interesting things happening, and so we'll but we'll, we'll talk about it on on uh, that Friday night.
1: So. yes yes and and just as we're we're wrapping up I know uh, there's a little more in the chat room that Kenzie was saying these characters are so different but alike to his other characters mm-hmm. in a way if that makes sense I think it does um, I, I understand what you're saying uh, Paul has- Joni's uh, Paul Paul has re. <laughs> I think everybody has kind of certain elements-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of universality um, in some of their situations and their approaches. Mm-hmm. And Jenny says, it makes me feel happy for Nicholas to share his gallery, even though it hurts so much. Yeah. I th- agree. I think it, I think there was a really special, I think it was special for him to share it with someone who appreciates it. And Ken notes that Claire's birthday is coming up. Yes, little Claire. Little Claire. Oh my gosh. I literally just, I know, I literally just finished uh, listening to her birth Um, Mm -hmm. not so long, uh, probably two days, two or three days ago in the car. I was listening to the audiobook. Oh my gosh, I can't get enough of that series. I love it so much.
0: One of the great things about the way SR writes, he writes, with specific themes in mind, themes of redemption, and, um, you know, seeking people out and putting them together. And I think that's true with every one of his characters. There's always Mm -hmm. a flaw somewhere. With Gabriel, it was Gabriel's mind, but also his addictions and and what happened after he got himself sober. With with, um, Julia, it's her past with her mother Um, with Raven, it's her disability, her past with her stepfather, and uh, William, um, with his focus on the teach his teacher, and I think with Nicholas and Acacia, uh, we'll find out, I'm sure, more as we go along, but they also, um, uh, you know, have, uh,
2: that stuff going on too
1: so absolutely absolutely and and kenzie shares that raven will always be her favorite because she means a lot to her mm-hmm. and mon said when she thinks of claire maria also comes to mind and yeah I, I um and william and raven come along mm-hmm. and i i'm hoping i'm hoping we learn a little more about maria i do too In in, in our in future in future books so so I'm I'm grateful for everybody to, for joining us tonight. I know it's been a longer podcast than normal. Thanks for sticking with us through some of our technical difficulties. Um, but this was a meaty chapter, and there was so much to cover. So, um, and we had a lot of uh, a lot of good information that Sr shared with us today. So, um, really, really happy. Yes, yeah. Yeah, a Maria, Maria spinoff. off That would be great. Yeah.
0: So I'm going to leave you all for this tonight with uh, a little uh, bit of Sergio Mendez in Brazil 66 and a nada. Enjoy, and we will see you all next week.
2: Este samba que me estou de maracatu. Esse majo preto veio. Samba Jupiter. Mas que nada, um samba como esta também.